media. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but Father, your word will never pass away. And so, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to hear the word of God today. And I pray in Jesus' name, because the word is already anointed, I pray that you will help our hearts to receive that anointed word. And I declare in Jesus' name for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives. And as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God ministering to us like never before. And I thank you for our lives never, ever being the same. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week I started a series entitled The Principles of Promotion. Everybody say the principles of promotion. It is clear to me what God is doing here at Word of Truth Family Church. And it is also clear to me what he desires to do in your life. I believe God is pruning us, preparing us, and positioning us for promotion. I'm going to say that again. I said, I believe God is pruning us. I believe God is preparing us. And I believe God is positioning us for promotion. And one of the primary ways in which God inserts his people in places that are prominent and places of power is when he promotes us. Can I get an amen? So I'm teaching this series so that you and I can understand what promotion is what principles we can apply to be promoted, and then hopefully hopefully help us understand why God is promoting us. So if you're taking notes, I'm picking up on last week's topic. The lesson title is The Principles of Promotion Part 2. The, the Principles of Promotion Part 2. And I want you to go back, and we're going to look in Psalm 75. We're going to look in verse 6 and verse 7. And then we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. That was Psalm 75 verse 6 and then Genesis chapter 39 verses 1. Now last week we started our lesson out by explaining that God is a God of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, protocol, and promises. The principle is what God wants us to do. The protocol is how he wants us to go about doing it. And then, of course, the promise is the reward that we get from obeying the principle. And the reason I'm bringing this up again is because it's important uh, for us to know that promotion is a principle. Everybody say principle. Amen. Because some people believe that God, uh, you know, he 
uh, prefers some people over others or some people are special so that's why they got promoted by God but if God if if he was that way he would be a respect of a persons and he's not a respect of persons which means now that the uh, that promotion has to have some principles in it for you and I to make the playing field equal amen Everybody don't have the same education. Everybody didn't go to the same school. Everybody doesn't have the same intellectual level. But still, God will promote you if you position yourself. Amen. So the foundation verse that we looked at, and I want you to turn to, is Psalm 75. Psalm 75. And this morning's uh, lesson is going to be awesome. I am going to do a small review so those who weren't here can pick up where we left off. Uh, It says in uh, Psalm 75, verse 6, For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But promotion, it comes, it says, God is the what? Judge. And he puts down one and he sets up another. Now we read it in the Living Bible. It says this. For promotion and power comes from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and he deposes another. Now, the dictionary last week, we defined promotion to mean to raise up, to exalt oneself. Well, no, the, the dictionary said to advance in rank or position. But the biblical definition that we learned means to raise up, to exalt, and to lift one up. So we read Psalm 75 by saying, for promotion or to be raised up and exalted doesn't come from the east or from the west, but it comes from God. God is the judge. And so last week we, we looked at uh, the, what is God judging? Because it said here that God is the judge. Well, we see that God is responsible for promoting us, but we have to get ourselves in position to do that. And last week we discovered that a believer's promotion, advancement, or moving up is not based on my supervisor, it's not based on my organization, and it's not based on my boss. It's based on God. So now I don't have to do what the world does to try to get promoted. Amen. So in verse 7 of Psalm 75, it says that God is the judge. So the first principle we we learned on last week that affects promotion is that it's our heart attitude and our condition. The heart attitude and the heart's condition. That is what God is judging. So if you want to know, hey, it says that God, you know, promotion doesn't come from man. It doesn't come from the east or the west. But God is the judge. Well, what is he judging? He's judging the condition of my heart. And we looked at the life of uh, Joseph last week. We looked at uh, several examples about the heart. And so the heart attitude is what determines or what God is looking at. And here's the beautiful thing. You and I are in control of our own hearts. Amen. And, and uh, last week I gave you this take-home statement. I said promotion starts with an attitude before it becomes an action. In other words... God is looking at the attitude of our hearts to determine if we're ready for promotion because everybody's not ready. Amen. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it gives us the criteria in which God uses when he's judging our hearts. It says in the latter part of that verse, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the what? The heart. So your heart is the gateway to your success. Everybody say, my heart is the gateway to my success. 
Now let's go a little deeper and let's discover what principle number two is. Because principle number one is my promotion is determined by my heart attitude and my heart condition. Go to Genesis chapter 39 and we're going to look at now the life of Joseph so we can determine the second principle of promotion. In Genesis 31 or 39, I'm going to read in verse 1, it says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the hands, they bought, he bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down. Now, let me just explain what happened. Joseph's brothers, you know, Joseph had a dream or, you know, a couple of dreams and he told his brothers the dreams. His brothers got envious and jealous, so they decided to kill him. Uh, but instead of, instead of killing him, they threw him in a pit. And some people were, you know, driving by. They sold Joseph into slavery for the most part. And so now he's, he's going to Egypt as a slave. So now verse 2 says this, but the Lord was with Joseph. And if there's anybody you need when you're in trouble, it's the Lord. He said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Don't ever find yourself in trouble whether you made it on yourself or not. Never find yourself asking the question, where is God? Because he's always there. He was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Watch this. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord, watch this, made all that he did to prosper in his hand. I wonder why. Look in verse 4. And Joseph found grace or favor in his sight or in his boss's sight. And I want you to read these next four words with me. And he served him. Well, how did he serve him? What happened after he served his, his boss? He made him overseer over his house and all that he put his hands on. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Watch what his boss did. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not what he had except the bread that he ate. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now I want you to notice here a key thing because remember promotion doesn't come from man, it comes from God. But in order for God to promote us, he's judging the condition of our heart. So if I get my heart right, now I'm in position. So now what's the next thing I need to do? Well, we can see here that it was Joseph's service it was his serving that put him in position for promotion. And see, most people, they look at, you know, Joseph's life without asking the question, what did he do to get promoted? Well, he served. So just look at your neighbor and say, you need to get to serving. Because it's, it's obvious he didn't stay mad at his brothers. See, had he stayed mad at his brothers, his heart would have disqualified him for the principle of promotion. Because, you, you know, how many know unforgiveness is, is a sin and it, it can mess your heart up. So, see, your ex-husband or your ex-wife, listen, they're not important enough for you to hold on to them. Well, Joseph, it's obvious he didn't stay mad at his brothers or God wouldn't have promoted him. So what did Joseph do to trigger it? Number one, he kept his heart right. Number two, he made sure that he served this man. So here's principle number two for promotion is serving. 
Now, when you look the word served up, it means to minister unto, to wait on, and to serve. In other words, Joseph did not let his condition determine his position. His condition was he was a, he was a slave. But he did not let his condition determine his position. And Joseph's serving is what positioned him for promotion. And here's the thing. He did not just serve in the good times. He served in the bad times. Amen. Let's read uh, Genesis 40 verse 1. You don't have to turn there. They're going to put it on the screen. Genesis 40 verse 1. I'm going to show you that Joseph didn't just serve in the good times because for some reason... Christians feel like it's okay to stop serving the Lord because you're not feeling good. Watch this. It says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with these two officers against the chief butler. And watch this now. It says, He put them in a ward or in prison. Uh, In the house of the captain of the guard, verse 4, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And let's see what Joseph did. What did he do? He served them. He served them while he was in prison. He didn't have an excuse. And see, what we don't understand, you can write down Proverbs 18, 16. It says, a man's gift will make room for him. And bring him before great men. Watch this. A man's gift is what expands the room, but his service is what gets him in the room. I'm going to say that again because I need you to get this. See, it says a man's gifting, whatever God has gifted you to do, whether that's computers, whether that's selling, whatever it is. It says that gift will expand the room, but the service that you provide, your servant's heart is what gets you in the room. And so what happens is we have many gifted people. The problem is they don't have a heart to serve. So they never make it into this room. It says a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. You know why you haven't got that great break? Because you haven't learned to serve at the level you're at. Amen. Serving gets you in the concert and your gift gets you on stage. I'm going to say that again. You know how you go to a concert? You got to buy a ticket. Well, what people don't understand is serving is what gets you in the concert, but it's your gift that gets you on stage. And every major person in the Bible, see Joseph's, watch this, his service to those men, serving them, It got him in the room, and then his interpretation of dreams is what got him before great men. Amen. As every major person in the Bible, I don't care who they are, they serve somebody. Joseph, we just read, he he served Pharaoh. Uh, Joshua, the Bible says he was the son of Nun, but he was the servant of Moses. So Joshua served Moses. Elijah served Elijah. Amen. And uh, Pastor Evans have served several pastors before I became a pastor. To me, it's dangerous to become a pastor and you never serve one. Amen. Uh, Everybody say years ago. You can write down Philippians chapter 2. I want them to put it on the the screen though. Philippians chapter 2 verse 24. Years ago, 
uh, I was a part of a church, and we used to have like 5 a.m. prayer. I think it was 5. Uh, I don't think it was 6. I think it was 5 a.m. prayer, 5 or 6. And uh, it wasn't none of this phone stuff that we do. You know, it's sad. We have made prayer convenient. Well, you just pick the phone. You ain't got to wash your face these days. You ain't got to gargle. You ain't got to do none of that. All you got to do is dial the 800 number. Well, this church, you know, that invention hadn't happened yet. So we had to physically go to prayer. So I was getting ready for prayer this particular morning. And as I was getting ready for prayer, the Lord speaks to me the name Epaphroditus. I was like, what is that? I mean, apparently I had read it in the Bible, but I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is that? And so, I, you know, I just blew it off and got in the car, got the prayer. And as we were praying and interceding, uh, the name Epaphroditus came back up. I was like, what is that? Who names their kid Epaphroditus? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to look it up when I get home. So I get home, forgot all about it. I'm getting ready for work. And the name Epaphroditus comes back up. So I decided, okay, let me get a, a, a concordance and look up the word Epaphroditus. So I look up Epaphroditus, and Philippians chapter 2, verse 24, is where I found it. So I'm going to read this verse, and the reason I'm reading this verse is because the description in this verse is what God had put in my heart to be to my pastor at the time. Listen, it says, But I trust the Lord that I also myself will come shortly. Yet I suppose it's necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Watch how he described Epaphroditus. My brother, my companion in labor, somebody who's going to work alongside of me. Watch this. My fellow soldier, somebody who's going to fight for me and fight with me. And then he says, but your messenger. And watch this. And he that ministered to my wants. That was what was in my heart to do to my pastor. God had put it in my heart to pray for him, to work with him. I mean, I, I basically, I'm like, look, whatever you want me to do, I do, right? So when I read that, I was like, man, I'm an Epaphroditus. <laughs> so the next day, I, I, I saw my pastor. I was like, pastor, he was like, what is it? I said, I'm, I'm your Epaphroditus. He said, what is that? <laughs> he didn't even know what Epaphroditus was. What's my point? God wants you and I to get in position to serve because it's our service that gets us in the room and then eventually our gift will make room for us. So I want you to write this down as a take-home statement because, see, most people think that they're ready because I hear people say, you know, uh, uh, God's called me to do this. He called me to do this. They got these big old dreams and visions and I'm not knocking that. And God's calling me to do this and God's calling me to do this. And uh, the problem with that is you know, you're not doing nothing right now. I know he's calling you to be a pastor. But can you like pick some trash up around here or something? <laughs> Many are called, but few are chosen because most people won't wait in line for God to use them. See, it's God's timeline, not yours, that determines if he's going to do something with you. And most people think they're ready and that's why, you know, they try to make their own way. Here's a take-home statement. It can be your time, but not be your turn. 
I'm going to say that again. It can be your time, but not be your turn. See, it was David's time to be anointed as king, but it wasn't his turn yet. And many people, they want to skip the turn. They want to determine, okay, it's my turn. No, no, no. It's, it's God that determines your timetable, your season, and when it's your turn. Amen. Because here it is. You can write this down. I'd rather be a shiny second man than to be a dull first man. Okay, let me say it like this. I would rather be a shiny assistant pastor than to be a dull senior pastor. Okay, let me say it like this. I would be a, uh, I'd rather be a shiny supervisor than a dull manager. Are y'all with me? Don't rush God. There's a perfecting process that goes along with your call. Amen. Everybody say a perfecting process. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And who will humble himself shall be exalted. When you and I, when we trigger, we trigger promotion as we serve. And proper serving can only be done when we do it as unto the Lord. You can write down Colossians 1, uh, 3.23. It says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord, you're going to receive your reward and your inheritance. And here's the problem. Some people are having a hard time serving as unto the Lord. That's why your service, and I'm not talking about just church. I'm talking about if you, how many got a job? Let me see, have, anybody have a job? Okay, good. Most people in here good. It is the will of God for you to have a job. I mean, he, he wrote a book in the Bible called Job. I mean, he wants you to have one. <laughs> it's called J-O-B. He wrote a whole book about you getting one. Y'all will wake up in a minute. It's okay. <laughs> See, some people, while they were serving, they got injured. Let me use a different word, hurt. And, man, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, most people, instead of, you know, working it out, instead of staying in the game, because, see, the problem is sometimes you have to play hurt. How many play sports? Anybody play sports? See, there are some sports, if not all sports. If you got injured, I'll just tell you, you know, I used to play baseball. Played baseball all my life. Played baseball. Played two years of college baseball. And uh, I was pretty decent. Uh, and, uh, but I remember in high school, uh, I, was, uh, I was real fast. So I had I hit the ball. I was at home. You know, I hit the ball. And I ran to first base. And so I was on first base. And what happened was, you know, I'm going to steal. They know I'm going to steal because I'm fast. I was fast. <laughs> so I'm on first base. I'm going to take, take the second. I'm going to take it. And uh, so they kept a real close eye on me. And so this particular time, the, the pitcher saw me getting ready to jump. And so he threw the ball over at first. Well, when he did that, you know, I just used my body and got back to the base. But when I did that, the first baseman, the, the pitcher, when he threw it, he threw it too high over the first baseman's head. So the guy jumped up to, to get the ball, and uh, when he came down, his cleats came down on my pinky finger. You can still see the scar. I had a glove on, thank God. But the cleat 
you know, went through my hand. But how many know my, 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 my coach didn't take me out of the game? You need a band-aid, Evan? We'll get you one when you come back in. They not stopping the game. And I'm not sure why Christians, when they get injured, they feel it is acceptable to take themselves, not just out of the game, but out of the stadium. I mean, it's one thing to take yourself out of the game and go on the sideline. But some people, they just decide, I'm not even, I'm just, I'm, I'm, get me in the stands. I'm just, I don't want to play no more. But here's the problem. Hurting people for some reason think they're exempt because they're injured. Amen. And here's the danger part about that. When you get injured, if you don't get healed, whatever created the injury is going to fester. Amen. And the problem with it festering is as a believer, whatever position you're in, and I love the scripture, uh, it's found in uh, Titus. In fact, put, put Titus up. Titus chapter 1 verse 15. I just want to go over this. This is not part of it. But, but see, we have some injured people out here. And uh, you're hurting and you don't realize how important it is to get healed. So what happens is some people, they don't realize that when you are injured, then your perceptions... Your judgments, your thinking of others and situations are going to come from that hurting place. Watch this is until the healed. I'm going to use the word healed instead of pure until the healed. All things are healed until the pure. All things are pure. But to those who are defiled, to, for those who have been injured, to those who are hurt. Watch this and unbelieving. Nothing's pure. That's why no church is good enough now. Now. You ever met people and they got hurt at a church and they don't go to no church? I talked to a lady uh, about about three years ago and uh, uh, I knew her before I was pastoring. So we were talking and catching up and she said, so how old is the church now? I said, oh, we've been going about 10 years now. And, and, and you'd have thought she saw a ghost. And I said, what's wrong? She says, I have not been in church in 10 years. She just regularly realized herself she had not been to church in 10 years. How many know that's not good? But what happens is people who are hurt, they, they, they judge or their perceptions come from that hurt position. And so now it's not pure. And so if you don't watch it, nothing will be right. Now, I'm talking about, let's, you can just apply this to anything. You can apply this to your relationship. You know, if you've been married before and now you, you're, in a, you know, you're entering into a new relationship, you know, you got divorced or whatever, and now you're trying to start again. Well, if you don't watch it, if you don't get yourself together, You'll move into this new relationship with an old, defiled mindset. Amen. Hurting people hurt people. So don't let the devil talk you out of continuing to serve. Because he'll tell you, you're too hurt to serve. Well, if you are too hurt to serve, I'm talking about church now. If you are too hurt to serve, then you're too hurt to go to work too then. Come on, let's just break it all down. Let's just, let's just break it all the way down. Uh, maybe I can put on my preacher voice and you'll hum. Uh, let me just tell you, 
If you're not going to serve at church, you cannot go to work. I said if you can't serve at church, you can't go to work. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Some of y'all got that, don't you? If you can't serve at church, you shouldn't be able to go to work. I, I mean, if you that hurt, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I just can't go to church. Then you need to be hurt and call in the next day and say, I, I'm not coming in. What's wrong? I'm hurt. What's wrong? Did you hurt yourself? You're breaking legs. I'm just hurt. I'm just, my feelings hurt. I was ushering and somebody didn't listen to me. They, I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting. <laughs> Watch uh, Ephesians 6 as we close here. Ephesians 6, look in verse 5. It says, Servants, be obedient to those that are your masters according to the flesh. Watch this. With fear and trembling in singleness of heart. Notice the heart is there. He says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but watch this, as the servants of who? Christ, doing the will of God from where? From the heart. With good will, doing service, say service, as to the Lord and not to who? Men, why? Knowing that whatsoever, this is good, this is one of my life's mottos, whatsoever good, Thing any man does the same shall he receive of the Lord listen when you serve the only reason people get weary and well doing is because they are expecting the reward to come from the source they're, they're, they're giving service to if you expect your reward to come from man you may eventually be disappointed Men can only reward you based on how they feel, what they see, and what they, what they perceive. So, the only way they're going to properly even give you props, they're not with you 24 hours a day. See, your boss doesn't see you praying for that department at home in your prime time. He don't see that. So you walk in now, you know you prayed for your department, you prayed for that devil that be using him. And he's giving you a hard time. Well, don't look for your reward to come from him. If you narrow down your reward to, to just your company, you have limited the Holy One of Israel. Everybody say God is able. God is able to use people in situations way outside of where you are. Amen. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men. And I love this. That's everybody. And then he says, especially to those who are a household of faith. I'm talking to a group of people that God is, he's ready to promote you. But there are two things he says you have to have in place. He says, I need you to get your heart right. We talked about that last week. Get it right. Get it right. Forgive people. Let it go. Move on. Confess your healing. You know, the scripture says that, you know, that, that uh, 
the Holy Spirit is able to, to, to purge my conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So anytime your mind remembers whatever happened to you, you say, oh, no, no, the blood of Jesus was thick enough to purge my conscience from dead sin so I can serve the living God. Listen, you have to move on eventually. And let me just say this. Healing does not mean not remembering. I'm going to say that again. Healing does not mean not remembering because you can remember and still be healed. See, the problem is people, we, we, we feel that, okay, if I'm healed, I won't remember it. But see, here's the problem. If you're not healed and you do remember it, you're going to hurt all over again. So healing starts first in the spirit realm and you receive it down into the flesh and don't think just because you remember it doesn't mean you okay uh, i like this illustration right here y'all can't see it that well hopefully the camera can see it for those who are watching on youtube how y'all doing uh but anyway that's a burn mark i got that burn mark when i was in the seventh grade i was going to the oven getting some more cornbread my mom used to fix that jiffy cornbread That tastes like cake. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, I went in there to get some more Jiffy cornbread. And uh, this is back in the day, you know, they had the the stoves with the little wire in there. And, man, I stuck my hand in there and raised it up. Got myself. I mean, it was bad. I should have went to the hospital. But uh, it burned me bad. It burned me bad. And so it took me some, uh, at least a couple of months for my hand. I remember scab used to get on there and then I bumping in it would hurt. But eventually, you know, you can see here that the scar is there, but the pain ain't. See, I'm touching it right now. It ain't hurting at all. And I'm telling you the story, which means that I remember it. So watch this now. True healing can remember and still not hurt. God is ready to promote us. And he's going to start right. He's not going to wait till we get over there at 8201 Pharaoh. He's not waiting. I know some of y'all are in waiting mode. Well, just wait till we get to the new church and I'll do something. <laughs> just touch your neighbor and say, don't wait. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe there are some people here. You got your heart right last week. Now you got to get your hands right. You got to do something. How are you serving at home? Are you serving your spouse? Are you serving your children? Are you serving in your home? Are you serving your co-workers at work? Are you serving your boss? You say, Pastor, he's not, he or she, they're not easy to deal with. I, who said they were? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And there are some people that got injured in the game. It's time to rise up. Let me tell you what faith is. Faith is not just believing. But faith is acting on what you believe to be true, whether you feel it or not. That's what faith is. And so some of you here need to get back in the game. I'm talking about kingdom now. Get back in the game. You got injured. So what? We all have gotten injured one day in one way. But now it's time to give that over to the Lord. And so, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I lift up those who have been injured. 
and they feel like they're too hurt to serve. Holy Spirit, go down on the inside where we can't see. Go in and fix areas. Adjust hearts. Mend minds where injury has taken place. And I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. And I declare that over them now in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closing. If you die today, are you 100% sure you